Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to another Dunkin' Donuts Friday here at Newsbusters. I really need to quit the donuts, otherwise I'm guilty of double chin maintenance. Uh, it's been a slow week here for the most part because we have been dealing with the uh, with Hurricane Ian. Um, we will get to the idea of how much they've politicized it. Not as much as we were worried about, but it's still there. It'll get worse probably as the days go on. Um, and then uh, also the big story this week is uh, gaffes. We had Vice President Harris saying we have a very close relationship with North Korea. Oops. And then we have President Biden suggesting that he was looking around for Congresswoman Jackie Walorski of Indiana, except she's dead. Here's the clip. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Here to discuss the president and his mental fitness... Not Brian Stelter. No. Oh. Uh, Curtis Houck, the managing editor of Newsbusters, the pride of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Welcome. Yes, and Cincinnati Bengals fan following a very big win last night. Hey, I got to say, I love those unis. The whiteout. As a Penn State grad, I mean, I'm kind of (laughs) impartial to that kind of thing. Well, Penn State's boring. It's like the Colts. They're boring out. I mean, they're more boring than the Colts. Anyway, but the I yeah I thought this these as color match goes or or lack of color. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, naturally, we went from the president saying something completely embarrassing to the White House briefing, which is kind of your thing, Curtis. Yes. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, so unfortunately for Corinne Jean Pierre, she had a briefing. Mere hours after Biden suggested that Jackie Wolorski was alive and in the room. It went so well, they didn't have one the next day. I know, right? They did not have one as Hurricane Ian bore down on Florida. Amazing. Amazing. If a Republican presidential administration did that, they canceled a briefing for the day after landfall as it was kind of causing torrential rain in Orlando and Jacksonville, they would get blown to pieces. But Katie Rogers just tweeted from the New York Times that day was like, oh, canceled briefing. Okay. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, just going right along with it. But spoiler alert, things did not go well for her. She did not go well. You know, and what was interesting about it was, so we'll get into some of how they asked this, but Mm -hmm. we had ABC, CNN, CBS News Radio, Al Jazeera English, Ooh. The Washington Post, wow. The New York Post, Newsmax, and Real Clear Politics. So some of which were described as right wing media, right? Well, by they the were view. all described as right wing media by the view. <laughs> and and oh, I think it was Joy Behar yeah. who who went with that. So which is in and I point that out first off, just you know, their questions are good what we're talking about, but keep in mind here. None of this made the morning or evening newscasts. Right. I think that's the key point here. You know, most importantly, starting off, the first question was from Cecilia Vega, who was there at the White House that day. Did not come up at all in any of ABC's newscasts since then. She simply asked, quote, what happened at the hunger event? As Biden seemed to indicate she might be in the room. 
So Corrine started by saying, well, he was calling out her name because she was acknowledging her incredible work because it was about uh, global uh, hunger and food insecurity. Um, but he was calling out his name because, quote, she was on his mind, top of mind. Yeah, and then everybody sort of noted that, this whole top of mind thing. Um, and this is where we go back to, yes, James Rosen of Newsmax, who suggested, well, I love the Beatles and John Lennon's up the top of my mind, but I know he's dead. Right. That, <laughs> that was probably the funniest because he came, he was the fourth or fifth person in line. And they tried so many different approaches. Phil Mattingly was like, and just one more quick follow because I'm trying to get my head around the response. The late Congresswoman was top of mind for the president and her family was expected to be here. And that's what he was thinking about. What, what was he looking for? I don't, I'm not trying to be snarky here. No, I mean, and I'm, no. Nope. saying what he said there. And again, I think people can understand. I think the American people out there who, you know, watch the briefing uh, from time to time, maybe at this moment, will understand when someone is at top of mind. You know, Stephen Portnoy, you know, couched it by saying, I'm sorry, I have to do this, mm -hmm. but I'm compelled to ask. Uh, and then she asked why. And he said it was because her memory and history require some clarity here, which <laughs> which is a nice way to put it. But, right. But it's true. Kareen says to this you know, very suck-up, softball way of asking this, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. Oh, mm. this is where this is where she fits what Vince Colonnese calls cringe, John Cur Thayer. Cringe, it's like, I'm like, what do you do with this? Yes, I guess she, like, befuddles them into silence with her dumbness, <laughs> you know? And, and the other thing was that what made it even worse was she did the same sort of thing to Matt Visor, who we know, Tim, is yeah. one of the chief potted plants of of this administration wow. in this press corps you know matt visor and his former boston globe colleague turned post colleague annie linsky yeah and he said why why does biden think does the president think that she's still living and in the room but again like portnoy she had he had this crappy setup i think we all totally get why she's top of mind you've made that case pretty effectively yeah well it, it, it Look, it's nice that they're asking the question, but yes, it does signal. They're trying to signal to everyone and probably to not get owned on liberal Twitter. I, I hesitate to ask this. I don't want to come across as some sort of mega reporter. But yes, I call him Matt Visor, Biden advisor. Because, yeah. I mean, most of his stories are like, Joe Biden went to the beach and rode a bicycle. Or Tyler Pager. That was the one where Biden's been really successful this summer. Yeah. By doing nothing. <laughs> That sounds like Tyler Pager, class president. Right, exactly. I mean, it's, come on. Exactly. So things got ridiculous. That's where the James Rosen came in. Owen Jensen, I forgot him as well, EWTN. He said, why don't you just apologize? Wouldn't that be the humble thing to do and just apologize? I think that was the question everybody had. I mean, I think that was the advice everyone had. Why don't you just say, yeah, he had a moment. He's sorry. Right. And of course, the best part of it, what, what where it got funny was where Kimberly Halkett from Al Jazeera English came in and said these moments of confusion are happening with increasing frequency and that Americans are concerned or watching this happen and have concerns. The whole time, Kareen is trying to go to her security blanket. USA Today's Michael Collins, mm. who I should point out either the day before or on on Monday, May I believe Tuesday, I think, asked her, um, you know, what do you what do you say about uh, Governor Youngkin's you know thing that would uh, 
school proposal that would restrict transgender rights in schools. Yeah, which was a question that was basically allowing her to restate, you know, it's it's a stupid question in that Biden, you know, put out Twitter video saying, you know, we see you, we support you. I mean, anybody paying attention to Biden's statements would know, you know, the devout Catholic president is down with the gender ideology. Right. And, and so, of course, he's interjecting, trying to help pull the briefing along by asking about Janet Yellen leaving or something, you know, at the end of the year. Uh, and she's not going with it. So she ends up berating K- uh, KJP, ends up berating Kimberly Halkett. Eventually, Wegman ends it by saying, does he believe that he handled the reference appropriately or is this something that he would like to take back? Mm. Again, a very respectful way to put it, but she said, my answer is not going to change. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. look, a White House press secretary is allowed to say that. Right, I mean, exactly. I've seen this where a press secretary gets the same question eight times. And, and part of it is, you know, when there's a Republican press secretary, they're all going to ask the same question eight times and say, which one of these answers is going to be the best for the evening newscast? The point you were making, which I think is the central point, is that we would look at this and say, wow. Look at this. The, the, these these liberal media outlets were actually asking, if not tough questions, they were asking questions that the Biden White House didn't want. Um, and then you say, oh, <laughs> didn't make the news. Didn't make the news anywhere. Phil Mattingly's question didn't, I don't believe, ended up on television. You know, as we know, Jim Acosta's exchanges with Sean Spicer, Sarah Sanders, and Kaylee McEnany were played everywhere. Paula Reed, when she was at CBS, were played uh, oh, on, on CBS Evening News. And let's underline, it wasn't just the answer. Those guys would put on their jerky question. They wanted everyone to see them resisting. Right. So you would get a like a 30-second soundbite of Paula Reed or Acosta yelling at the press secretary and then the response. Right. They would run this back and forth. And, of yeah. course, we didn't see that at all. You know, and, and Scott did a piece for us looking at some of the things that they did instead. Um, yeah. Bralettes. Uh, Bralettes and bikinis. Uh, they also had, you know, I mean, granted, if you're a big Hocus Pocus person, you, you know, you're glad to hear this. They did five minutes and six seconds on Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Al Roker, Deborah Roberts with the interview of that. Yes, that's where we joke. It's like Disney whores out its whoring. product. Yes, and they were also uh, virtue signaling with Hispanic Heritage Month by having Sometimes fill-in White House correspondent Stephanie Ramos spent almost six minutes doing a cooking segment uh, with her f- about her family. So yeah, now look, uh, we all expect that they're still going to have a cooking segment. They're right. still going to have their today's deals and steals oh, or I whatever. Should, I should also add plant-based milk makers was one of the <laughs> ones from Savannah. <laughs> we do, we do, we have engaged in this tactic because what it underlines is you clearly had thirty seconds to say. Uh, the president stepped in it yesterday. Let's run a clip. You know, I mean, they they have the time. They're just choosing to say, we're not going to put this on the agenda because this is what Fox News cares about. Right. Or, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, that's the case. And then with other stories, the other approach that we always like to underline is local crime story. You mm-hmm. know what they always do with what, what happened in North Dakota. Right. Uh, where the suspect was indeed charged today on friday here with murder so that mm-hmm. i mean that's something that we'll continue to monitor as well um, yeah i mean there's a whole narrative if we wanted to build a narrative if 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 these networks were hardcore right wing l brent Bozell the third networks 
what we would have is, yeah, they, they would have this dominant thesis of Mark Houck gets no relation. Mark, yes, no relation, even though he's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Mark Houck gets his house raided and scares the junk out of his seven children. Um, you know, that's not a story to them. And obviously that is a story. And it you could line that story up with raiding Mar-a-Lago. I mean, there's a whole right. line of what's going on with federal law enforcement, uh, you know. And, and so all of these sorts of stories um, are not stories that, that, that are being done right now. So, you know, yeah. We, so we expect uh, them to omit things. But this, this really on some level is part of the, the midterms narrative if, we, if they were actually doing stories on the midterms. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they only touch on abortion in the idea that, oh, this is going to help the Democrats. Or right. the you know Law and Order is doing an episode about how the pro-lifers are the violent ones. Well, that's what Kevin Cork and I were saying on Fox News at Night last week, which is, you know, if we had an honest media, they would be covering gaffes from both sides. Right. Because last week we had Stacey Abrams suggest that basically, more or less suggest that ultrasound machines are some sort of, you know, moon, faked moon landing Jewish space lasers nonsense. <laughs> And that babies don't have heartbeats at six weeks. And that it's just a bunch of random beeping to make you feel good. Uh, that didn't get any coverage because it's insane. Well, right. And, well, it's one thing to say um, it's not a heartbeat. It's an electric pulse or something, we're, which we're kind of used to from the pro-abortion people. But then she went on to say, yes, the ultrasounds were a conspiracy by males to suppress, you know, female sexual autonomy. I mean, it was the second half that really took it into. <laughs> yes, this is like space laser chemtrail territory. Like, what are we doing here? Um Yes, no insult. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. But yes, I, that's kind of the point that we deal with each and every week. And this is what people need to understand. Our argument is we're not asking for four minute segments on this sort of thing. Yeah, you watch Special Report every night. Brett Bear uh, with Brett Bear, it's you know Peter Ducey, Jackie Heinrich, William Longinus, Jonathan Hunt, um, Rich Edson. Some of these correspondents, these kinds of things get like three sentences, four sentences in a larger story of here's what happened in the world today in these, you know, 10 different areas. Right. And we want to give you the most information, uh, in that we can in the time allowed. Uh, and we're going to maximize the amount of things we can tell you to be better informed. And that it's hard is what the news business should be about. And so, Yes, obviously there's political implications of Biden stepping in it and having this implication about, you know, people ask about the 25th Amendment and those kind of, in these sort of situations. But objectively, I think you can say that this is something that the news media should be covering without they don't have to obsess over it. We're asking for coverage of this because we're getting triple zeros. Yeah, I think that there is a the, the double standard is here is that, yes, you're right, the gaffes aren't always the most important thing, is that if Kamala Harris meant to say South Korea and it came out North Korea, um, you could argue, oh, she misspoke. You could try that. You know, obviously, when the vice president was Dan Quayle, before you were born. Uh, as I was born. Or as you were born. Um, well, again, yes, you weren't exactly watching the news no, when you were still yet. at diapers on. But not the... Yet. 
But it's the whole idea that they, you know, uh, we had the whole incident with him where he, he told the spelling bee you should spell potato with an E on the end. And this was somehow a, an enormous story. So, yes, we're not saying it needs to be a, a, a five-minute blowout. It's just something that, that, that you put on the record. Uh, yeah, I think that the, 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 the double standard here with Biden is that I think we all know that, uh, yes, the Brian Stelters of the world, it seemed like they had a, a, a segment every week on reliable sources about Trump's mental fitness. And, right. and, and how there maybe there needed to be a 25th Amendment process. It, so, you know, you can't say, well, that was important. But when Biden pretends somebody's dead, I see dead people. Trump walking slowly down a ramp or using right. two hands for his water glasses, 25th Amendment. And right. it gets TV coverage, whereas most anything Biden says like this on a daily basis does not end up on television or Kamala Harris talking about the work that we need to do is now and the time is now and every day is today, that kind of thing, that doesn't get covered either. So again, we're also asking for to give people the most information possible and to be consistent because now, that's not what we're getting. Uh, and that's what you pointed out on Newsmax earlier today. Let's make this point, Curtis. And and I'm at Tim J. Graham on Twitter. Curtis is at Curtis Houck, H-O-U-C-K. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're on Twitter a lot, and I I think we could argue at this point, you know, what was the media like in 35 years ago when the MRC started versus now? I, you just get the feeling when you watch these things that when something is hot on liberal or left wing Twitter, it just makes its way into the news. Certainly under Trump, anything that was going viral about Trump was news, right? And you'd almost think now that you know they see something like Kamala going viral on conservative media, it actually they double down on that. They, they're still picking up things that go viral on liberal Twitter and, and making them news. And I think right. when they go hot on conservative Twitter, it actually discourages yeah, them. Yeah, it's kind of a is they, one arrow goes up, the other arrow goes down sort of situation. Because uh, you think, yeah, you, folks that do have Twitter accounts, you look at trending topics. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, usually when it involves the media, it's, yes, the media think Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell are radical right-wingers. They might as well go to Fox. Yeah, you're like... That's- Every uh, <laughs> every time those people trend, it's usually because they're not liberal enough. Yes, Kyle Dredden, when he was with us, was able to blog Andrea Mitchell every single day. <laughs> he, not just because he was cr- looking desperate for a blog. It's because there were things to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we obviously don't feel... I, I, I'm sure you could argue, if you were a serious lefty, that... Um, that Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd came from the NBC News division. They weren't Olbermann enough. They weren't Joy Reid enough. Uh, you know, so the uh, and, and and most ridiculously, you'll see that they trend on Twitter and they will say Jen Psaki should be hosting Meet the Press, which is not a liberal. Oh, right. They're not saying that it's because she's more liberal than Chuck. It means we literally want a Sunday show that sounds like a White House, you know, promotional event. I mean, it's... That's why Nicole Wallace is so beloved. Oh, yes. That she she, she couldn't get through an interview with, with Beto O'Rourke without, you know, several uh, uh, attacks of some sort about how in love she was. Anyway, let's go to this other thing that we I found amazing. Uh, USA Today. This is this may be the most desperate spin about the Jackie Flap. Jill Lawrence. The headline in Friday's paper: President's lap says volumes about his generosity. Biden recognizes his duty to care 
for all. So, I mean, she's turned this into, you know, Biden has a mental breakdown and it, he's still better than Trump. You know, he was acknowledging his Republican colleague. And not only that, she had to trash Jackie Walorski uh, as saying, oh, well, Jackie Walorski, uh, you know, voted to challenge Biden's election. And Jackie Walorski tweeted in March that his spending and was radical and reckless. Well, like what Democrat isn't calling Trump radical and reckless or now calling DeSantis radical and reckless? Yeah, I have two thoughts on that. One on that point about the challenging election results. I believe Politico had a piece, I think, or somewhere like that complaint that I wrote up complaining that uh, the the three House Republicans that have died since yeah. January 2021, yeah. uh, where it was in the obituary, that it wasn't like at the very top of their obit. <laughs> like it's not on their tombstone. Therefore, the media are a bunch of cucks. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? Yes. Is that Politico, who, which was probably okay with describing terrorists as austere religious scholars, uh, is upset that Republicans who die in a car crash that the first paragraph doesn't have she voted to, de to you know to deny the Biden election. Oh, they calls. ended it. And then the second point I have on that is this is the sort of narrative that we've been seeing for much of most of Biden's career, as long as I can remember. Granted, that doesn't go back very far. But oh, he just cares. He cares too much. Mm -hmm. He cares so much that he messes up sometimes. Yeah, so this was the, the sort of the topic sentence in the actual column. It's unfortunate that he made the mistake. At the same time, it demonstrated a generosity and professionalism. Now, that, <laughs> that's, that's some pretty bad spin, oh, right? Him saying, where's the dead lady, like she's alive, is professionalism. Uh, that was also President Biden's Tuesday conversation with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a frequent and harsh Biden critic, is that, yeah, he... He, Biden resembles decency. I don't, I mean, again, let's go back to his MAGA speech. Let's go back to a lot of his speeches. Is Jim Crow, is the Republicans make Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle? These people all have this mistaken idea in their head that Biden represents decency. I think when you're a Republican, you're like, no, you know, oh, he's the bipartisan. No, he's not bipartisan. He can be viciously partisan and you really ought to acknowledge it because it's all there on video. I'm surprised there was not a bow mention in that piece. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Drag it in. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He's not trying to make fun of the dead. He knows. His his wife and daughter died in a car crash in 1971. I mean, they were 72. But they, yes, they have the, they have their methods of always trying to make their, uh, the politicians they love look sympathetic. And so, yes, here in this case where he really had a mental lapse of some sort. And maybe you can just say, hey, he's 78 years old. And she actually said in this piece, you know, I'm a supporter of Biden's, but I think he shouldn't run again. Okay. Uh, but, you know, somehow he gets credit for having a call with DeSantis. Now, I think we all know the way that this happened the other day when we were watching the hurricane coverage because uh, I guess it was at the White House briefing, Curtis, that they asked, yeah. they asked her... Has Biden been in touch with DeSantis? Right, and I feel like they br uh, to break like this hurricane coverage down into like three parts. You know, the before coverage, the after cover, or the the before, during, and after. Right. Uh, so like the before coverage was they did try to make this DeSantis tie. They did this point where you had a number of reporters try to make it about DeSantis, where. 
you know, it led off with the McClatchy reporter, I think Alex Rotary at the time uh, there. Yes. Can you describe the level of communications with state officials? This is the theme in Mishare. Okay, this sounds normal. Right. But then this last part. Has there been anything unusual or any challenges with that? Mm-hmm. Now we're like, you know, is yes. DeSantis being a spoiled baby or whatever they're trying to say there? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, yes. Uh, Politico did a piece. Jack Schaefer did a piece. Somebody I usually enjoy reading because uh, he writes about media. But this was all like, yes, he's he's gone from a red toothed biter to a fuzzy lapdog or something. And it's just like, huh? Uh, so, I mean, it, yeah. it, so. Uh-huh. So, yes. So what's interesting is, you know, Jill Lawrence makes it sound like, well, he he had the decency to call DeSantis. What what the, we saw in the briefing was that they basically suggested or or maybe it was Christina Pushaw or somebody had said they haven't called us or, you know, clearly it was the questions at the briefing that caused Biden to call DeSantis. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, Matt Visor made that point that Biden called KIV. He's called Greg Abbott. He's called Asa Hutchinson during various natural disasters and sorts of things. Um, you know, but of course you had Brian Karam also try to make it about DeSantis by wondering if they've uh, if by the fact that they haven't talked, uh, has it impeded or has uh, Florida impeded any efforts on the part of FEMA? And you're just like, that is ridiculous. To her credit, Dean Criswell, the FEMA administrator, was like, this is totally ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and, and I've said this before this week. Liberals should understand how the federal bureaucracy works because they believe in such a large bureaucracy. They believe in the government. You should know how this works. That FEMA, like our court system, is broken up into regions and districts. Mm -hmm. And the Southeast Regional FEMA Administrator is embedded with DeSantis' team. Right. So FEMA knows what's going on. They're not in the dark about any of this at all. And yet they tried to make it about him. You also had Joy Reid. That was part of our pre-storm coverage. Uh, he tr- she tried to suggest that DeSantis was like working on preparing was too busy owning the libs to get ready. She said Ron DeSantis is going to be put to the test, forced to actually do his job when he spent most of his time hanging out in Fox News and owning the libs. I mean, like, what does that have to do with anything? And when the hurricane bore down uh, on Wednesday, she she had something Mark Levin played last night, which is she compared the people that are going to be without homes in you know in Southwest Florida to. Uh, Venezuelans coming to yeah. the United States. Well, you, talking about somebody who's trying to own the cons, I mean, it, it, look, this is a time I think we all understand where both parties should come together. This is really an occasion where where poli- partisan politics should take a uh, take a, a powder. And yet, it, it, yes, cable news can't stand that. Cable news wants yeah. to make a big controversy. They want to make it about climate change, you know, which yes. is... In, it was interesting to see, though, when the storm blew in, that it kind of stopped on Wednesday and part of Thursday before it started back up again. Because I think, and I, I've said this, it realized that, yes, a house floating or, you know, 15-foot storm surge is going to draw a lot more people in right. than you whining about DeSantis. Yes. Uh, well, and that's yeah. what people are, they're tuning in to see you know how bad it is and right. and and I think yes they should have the decency that when lives are actually in peril that uh, that this is no time to be playing you know gotcha uh, you know but I, uh, yes we have now had we've had probably less than we expected where they yeah. really dragged in the climate change I mean we had that 
somewhat comical exchange where Don Lemon's demanding that the guy from the NOAA, uh, you know, tell us how the storms are intensifying. And he goes, well, you can't attach climate change to one particular event. And he was like, I grew up in Florida, pal. You know, I, it's intensifying. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. So the fact that you lived in Florida trumps the guy with seven degrees in climatology or whatever it is, you know, Mr. Scientist. Let me tell you, Mr. Wizard, I know all about flying planes and the jet black holes. I, you know, come on, just stop. Stop lecturing him and telling him how he's supposed to answer your question. Yeah, now we're, and we're back to this nonsense that Alex Christie has from PBS and CNN International's Almond Pouring Company with environmental politics professor Leah Stokes claiming that DeSantis is acting in ways that are undermining the safety and well-being of his own constituents in Florida. That sounds really bad. So what did he do? Fortunately, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, he's not willing to talk about climate change. In fact, earlier this summer, he said the state could not be investing pension funds, public dollars, in the way that is aligned with climate change. Right. This is terrible. So he's not in the ESG thing. Right. Which it's, which uh, Free Speech American MRC Business have written a fair amount about how this is totally insane. Well, they expect she's basically demanding that a Republican governor of a state should take their state's pension funds and say we're not putting any of it in fossil fuels. I mean that's or we should be taking all of our money of our of our pay, uh, you know and putting it on failing solar companies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds like a smart investment of the resources. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, yes, here we have again, PBS becomes your destination where you go to turn on the television at night at a taxpayer funded TV and they find some professor to trash DeSantis as endangering all of Florida. You know, now I don't expect them to actually have Ron DeSantis on to defend himself. After all, this is PBS. But I mean, obviously they could find they could find Republicans who might come on and tell Christiana Manpour to stop stop sounding like she's wearing an Obama button during yeah. her, during the show. She needs like Liz Harrington to come back on and like yeah. her tail. <laughs> you yeah. got it. I wanted to close with this thought, Curtis. Uh, I know that you had uh, kindly tweeted about, "Hey, stay 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 careful out there. Stay safe." Uh, like the like the Hill Street Blues or something. <laughs> uh, but you know that, that yeah. these were that these reporters. I mean. I think Tom Brokaw made fun of Dan Rather from wrapping himself around a telephone pole. I think um, it, you just watch these things, and you just do think. Sometimes it's it's it indicates how dangerous it is out there. But you also want to say maybe you should get in the van. You know, right. I mean, how 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 much can we expect these people like Jim Cantori, who was going to get hit by a tree? You just want to say, stay safe. Yeah, I mean, I think that is part of the equation. And Mediate has a piece about that. Uh, Michael Luciano over at Mediate uh, has an article about that. Um, There is a counter argument to that. On one of the tweets, uh, Ryan Brenton, who's a meteorologist uh, for the Fox Philly up in Connecticut, says, uh, in full disclosure, I I went to college with him, Uh, he said, but the point is, he argues that it's more about showing people why you should evacuate. Sure. About how, you know, this is what it looks like. You know, the, the, the meteorologists know what they're dealing with. They know how strong it's going to get, whereas, like, we, the common folk, may not. You know, um, I, I think 
there's arguments to both sides, I think, of that. Um, and that's the key, I think, for journalists that are going to be out there. As somebody who, prior to math and science getting really difficult in high school, this <laughs> is what I wanted to do for a living. So I kind of, I'm like really interested in this sort of thing. Um, and I grew up watching the Weather Channel. It like made me like calm down as a toddler. So this is kind of like really, really personal for me. And I think the key is... It's about discretion, yes, and it's about experience, too. Um, Mike Seidel, who was one of the other guys who was down in, like, some of the storm surge at Fort Myers, he's been in 90—this was his 90th storm over 30 years with the Weather Channel. You know, for David Bagno, I believe, with CBS, he said this was 22 or 23. Uh, I just—it's it's terrifying. I, it's terrifying. I, it's terrifying. But, yeah, for people— And the thing is, too, I think for a lot of those folks, in David's case, he grew up in Louisiana— mm-hmm along the bayou so like this is kind of a it kind of matches the big no name there yeah it kind of is part of the sh- it's kind of part of your life you right. know and if you grew up in florida and uh certainly you know that when you move to florida it kind of comes with the territory although that's part of the equation with this hurricane that this is the first really really bad hurricane to hit a populated part of florida since the explosion and population of people fleeing liberal states like new york and california wanting to come somewhere else so they have no idea other than maybe New Yorkers with Sandy, they have no idea what this sort of thing is like. Uh, so I can see both sides, um, right. but it really, you know, for some people, I don't really think they care because uh, you see people still try to drive their cars through, and yeah. and they do this every time. And I think it's really effective to show how it only takes two inches of water to move a car, uh, off small the road. cars to move small cars you know off the ground and float it away and then once the pressure of the water against your car door and keeps you from getting out uh that's why they have to break windows to get you out in those sort in those circumstances so uh, again i see it both sides but uh for me i think it's a public uh service in some regards unless you're michelle kaczynski well you're right 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 going back to the early days of newsbusters shout out to mark finkelstein where yes they were saying oh the flood is so severe yeah, one of our big first hits at Newsbusters. Uh, the flood is so severe, and she's in a canoe. And then two guys walk by, and the water's up to their ankles, which showed you. Yeah, I mean, this kind of makes the point where I was going, Curtis, which is I think sometimes we understand that most of the people that are out there are doing a public service. And and obviously, the, the Weather Channel, this is when their ratings really go through the roof. But you'd be concerned that either they're endangering their people because this is the Super Bowl of Weather Channel coverage, or you just worry about these guys being adrenaline junkies. Like, don't endanger yourself because it's just that exciting to be in the middle of it. Like, for example, I'll say, you know, nothing nothing against her, but, like, does Nora O'Donnell need to be down there, like, you know, just getting, like, totally wet for, like, no point at all? Or especially for these, if you're a journalist, I feel like the thing, t- the, the last point I'll make is, it's imp- if you're going to be down there during the storm and you're just going to, like, leave and parachute away... Uh, it's not so much a safety thing as more as I don't have respect for you sort of thing. I, I think it's it is one of those. It, that's branding. That's we're going to put Lester on Lester Holt on the ground. We're going to put Nora O'Donnell on the ground. I want to see David Muir's hair wave in the wind. He might fly away. Yeah, that's why he hasn't been out there. They put Ginger Z out there, like poor you know. But she's smart. She has like the hood up and like pulled the strings, and it's like, yep, that's what you do. So yes, again, we always we always end up sounding like we're. We're, we're newsbusters. We're busting on the news, but 
yeah, you do watch these things and and hope that people stay safe. That's that's just when it yeah when it comes around. It's to so it. much easier to yes, we'll enjoy watching them get owned by someone on Twitter or on TV, like you know uh, the British royal. Uh, commentator owning Don Lemon, yeah. you know, we enjoy that sort. We much more enjoy that sort of thing versus Don Lemon getting blown away. Or yes, we we enjoy it more than Don Lemon getting wasted on New Year's Eve on television. Yeah, that's kind of its own little political category. Yeah, that's not, or it's like you know trying to put libertarianism on the left right spectrum. It's just kind of off in the other direction. If you're gonna go get drunk, don't do it on CNN. Run some like you know old reruns of Anthony Bourdain or something. <laughs> All right. So if you want to know what's going on as we dip, as we come out of hurricane coverage and back into maybe there's some midterm coverage, maybe. Uh, Join us at Newsbusters. Come once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.